Parkland, Florida shooter's brother is moving to Virginia. No, I'm not. I don't know why the Commonwealth, but that's where he's coming. Trump changing foreign policy and rocking audiences across America. We'll discuss that. And the Virginia campaign ads hit the airwaves. The NRA takes center stage. That is next. Virginia citizens and American patriots. Radio is the founding fathers intended. No, seriously, at Jefferson, Madison, and Henry, they'd be right here. The Lee brothers, my name is Scott Lee. The name you do not hear, the voice you do not hear is Richard Lee. He is uh, not here. He is uh, currently in the hospital undergoing um, an unplanned treatment to uh, help him get better after a very tough year for the Lee brothers, starting in January 2018. And the year kicked off with uh, Richard going through a massive change in his life with his pancreas being removed and a handful of other organs, lost about 50 pounds, has been struggling ever since. And uh, this week, uh, he had had uh, some some complications and back in the hospital, and we miss him here. So the, the Lee brothers are asking for your prayers as we covet them here every Friday from 3 to 6 as we uh, have struggled for the rest of the year. Richard will be, uh, he promised me he'll, He's in good spirits. I just talked to him a few minutes ago. He's he's chipper, though I don't know how chipper you can be in the hospital, but uh, that, that's where he is, and he's always been in great spirits. So that is where he is uh, even now as we're speaking. So thank you for your prayers for Richard and the Lee Brother household as he recovers uh, and be here next week for sure. Okay, we're up and running. 454-1366, 454-1366. Coming up at 4 o'clock, Kane... Um, Kane, Tim Kane butchers the Bible at Radford University graduation speech. You, you, got, you will not believe. Tim Kane has a problem with reading English and context and then determining what it means. He did it with the Second Amendment. He did it again this week at Radford University. We'll share that with you. E.W. Jackson and Doug and Nick Freitas are also going to be with me at the 4 o'clock hour to talk about how to take on Tim Kane. All that dead ahead at 5 o'clock should Norfolk regulate Airbnb and the capitals, the Washington capitals now have a dress code when they go to play hockey in Florida. (laughs) It's just, how can they regulate a dress code at a hockey game? All that at five o'clock as well. Four, five, four, 1366. Does it make any difference? Does it make any difference? Do the TV ads that are now, Flooding your TV stations and the airwaves make any difference for you? Are we too locked into a partisan battle? I was at a um, the Powhatan County Republican Committee had an event last night. It was a uh, candidate forum. E.W. Jackson, who is running for the U.S. Senate seat on the Republican side, and Delegate Nick Freitas were with me as I moderated the two talking back and forth. Not much of a moderator, really. Just kind of asked questions and sat back. And it's unlike me, really. I wanted to ask more questions, but I figured it wasn't about me. It was about the, the two candidates. It is unbelievable when we can sit back and listen to real policy, how it can change minds. No TV ad, at least for those who are thinking individuals, are going to change them. They're just not. And as, as fun as they are. You've got this uh, Dan Ward and Abigail Spanberger going at each other for the Democrat nominee to go against 
Congressman Dave Bratt, who, by the way, is a phenomenal human being and one that cherishes freedom and liberty. And if you're on the left, a Democrat, you really ought to look at him and see what he's trying to do. He's giving you more freedom and liberty. You ought to embrace that. Dan Ward and Abigail Spanberger, both their new TV ads uh, are so generic that you begin to wonder, has Trump impacted this campaign? Listen to Dan Ward's. I'm Dan Ward, and I know having someone on your side can make a big difference. Is that the way you think? I'm sorry. Pause that. Is that the way you think as a serf and a peasant? Politicians looking at you going, you need something on your side. Excuse me. I don't need anyone on my side. I really don't. You know what I'd like you to do, Dan Ward, is get away from me. I don't want you on my side. I want you to leave me alone. So you're going to go to Washington to be on my side. Why am I not comfortable with that? Scram! <laughs> exactly. Why am I not comfortable with that? Why is Reagan right when he when he said the nine scariest words in the English language is I'm with the government. I'm here to help. Are those nine words? I don't know. It, but that's exactly that's a that's a paraphrase of what he said. Why does that, Dan? You're not helping me. Does it help anyone else? Four five four thirteen sixty six. Here's Dan Ward's ad in the Democrat campaign. I'm Dan Ward, and I know having someone on your side can make a big difference. I grew up with seven brothers and sisters in a cabin with no running water. I'm supposed to do what with that information? I don't care that you grew up in, you know, Bangladesh with no air, no water. You had to get a breathe out of a hose. I don't care. You know why I don't care? Because it doesn't matter. Only thing that matters is your policies. If you grew up in that environment, you're still going to go to Washington, D.C. and restrict me and my freedom and my liberty. I don't care where you grew up. But somehow this resonates. There's someone out there going, Dan Ward grew up like that? Holy cow. He must be on my side. Shazam. <laughs> Don't be so sure. I grew up with seven brothers and sisters in a cabin with no running water. I worked hard and served my country. Now I'm running for Congress because too many families are scraping just to get by. Coming home every day from jobs that don't cover the bills, only to worry about health care they can't afford. Washington doesn't give a damn, but I do. Thank you for cussing. I'm Dan Ward, and I approve this message. Because these days, we all need someone on our side. You know, that ad could be run by anyone. I mean, Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter. Dan Ward did nothing here. Now, what Dan Ward didn't tell you is he wants to raise your taxes. No, he, he's already said that in the debates with, with uh, Abigail Spanberger. He said the first thing he wants to do is repeal the tax cut. Now, he didn't say that in this ad. This ad sounds jo- so generic. I could have ran that ad. Scott Lee, you need someone on your side. I'm, I, I'm tired of workers working too much and having not enough money left over for payment. You know, it's the same dribble of every politician. He said nothing here. I'm wondering if it sounds a lot like Trump. Government, you see, is the problem. You don't have anyone on your side. Angela or Abigail Spanberger has an ad this week. Here's what she said. Service isn't an obligation. It's an honor. I love the start of that. Service. As if you're going to continue to serve. In con- you know, I don't get the warm, fuzzy sense that anyone in D.C. is serving me. I get the sense they're serving themselves. They go to Washington, D.C. and look at me. I'm a congressman. You are a surf and a peasant. You cute little surf and peasant. Oh, you- I feel important now. <laughs> exactly. That right there is exactly how I feel about every politician that says, nervous matters. I'm going to. No, you're not. 
You're not to be a statesman. You're not going to D.C. because it's because you want to dissolve power. You're going there to get more of it. You're running on the Democrat ticket, Abigail. Can we call her Abby, by the way, for short? Here's, here's our campaign ad. It's all over the airways right now. Service isn't an obligation. It's an honor. That's what we teach our daughters. And it's why I joined the CIA, to serve my country and protect American lives. People I would never meet. Too many Washington politicians serve special interests or themselves. In Congress, I'll bridge divides, find solutions, and put people first, which is why I won't take money from corporate PACs. I'm Abigail Spanberger. I approve this message because serving this community means being accountable to you. Every single ad sounds exactly like that. In fact, Donald Trump's ad sounded like that. I'm not going to be funded by any PAC or anybody. I'm paying for myself. Abigail Spanberg, are you a conservative Republican? The Democrats just played two ads that possibly were influenced by Trump. All right, your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Coming up, the NRA ads in Northern Virginia, insane, and your phone calls. Lee Brothers 820, WNTW 97.7 FM. Scott and Richard Lee, the circus clowns of talk radio. On AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. My daddy served in the Army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother. Okay, just listen to this for the next 10 minutes. My sister and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the free. Now this nation that I love. The Lee Brothers. 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM. Richard Lee is uh, in the hospital, coveting your prayers as he recovers from a very tough start of the year. He'll be back here next Friday. 454-1366. Campaign ads aren't changing anything. In fact, the Abigail Spanberger and Dan Ward running for the Democrat nominee in District 7 against Bratt sound just like Dave Bratt. What they're not telling you is that they want to raise your taxes. They were against the tax cut. So everyone listening to my voice, with an exception of a few, got a tax cut. A nice one. And the result is the economy is doing well. Trump's ratings are huge. He kicked off a rock star status practical concert in Indiana this week. He's done amazing things. You know, if they even like Trump, to admit that. But Abigail and Dan, we're on first name basis, um, they sound just like him. They want to raise your taxes. None of the ads on TV said that. Why not? Up in Some just- are horrible people, horrible <laughs> human beings. Who cares? That's great. Oh, that's hilarious. That's perfect. Horrible human being. Okay, so up in District 10, Barbara Comstock is your current congressman. Yes, congressman. She's a woman. Congressman is a generic term. It is male and female. No such thing as congresswoman. That word doesn't exist. Uh, congressman uh, Barbara Stockman. Comstock. Barbara Comstock. District 10 is being attacked for her stance on the NRA. Those ads are all over Northern Virginia. You may not have heard them. Here's one of them. $17,750, $17,850 sold. $17,850 for the Congresswoman from Northern Virginia. Barbara Comstock has taken $17,850 of campaign contributions from the NRA. How does she vote? You guessed it, just like the NRA tells her. No surprise, she's been bought and paid for. This November, you have the power to stop Barbara Comstock from selling out your safety. It's time to vote her out. She sold out my safety. 
the NRA, <laughs> maybe Barbara Comstock has views on the Second Amendment. And maybe the NRA looked at Barbara Comstock and said, you know what? She supports the Second Amendment, so we're going to give her some money to do that. Why does the left think it's the other way around? That Barbara Comstock's minding her own business, and all of a sudden $17,000 shows up in her coffers, and she becomes a fan of the Second Amendment? <laughs> it's just insane. Here's what's interesting. Comstock has raised nearly $11.5 million in the last couple of years for Congress. $17,000 of it came from the NRA. 0.16%. And she's bought and paid for by the NRA. <laughs> That's great. That's pretty funny. Uh, 17000 of $11.5 million And Barbara Comstock bought and paid for by the NRA. The NRA is a big-time boogeyman, aren't they? Is the left really that blind? But remember Tim Kaine? He also blasted the NRA not so long ago, about uh, a month or so ago, I think it was. Rihanna, bluntly, the... Uh NRA leadership funded by gun manufacturers uh, has basically been able to gridlock everything in Congress now for nearly decades. That's why what a Congress has not been willing to act, even to do things that an overwhelming majority of the American public want us to do. And it's because of the NRA, who has no control. Your representatives are the voters. Here's a uh, Allison, I think her name's Allison F She's, she's going against Barbara Comstock. I don't know her last name. It doesn't matter. Here's her ad. Too many parents know the feeling. An email from the county. There's a lockdown. You search for the name of your child's school, and time stops. I'm Allison Friedman, and it doesn't have to be this way. We can stand up to the NRA and make our schools safer by expanding background. The NRA is not causing shootings in schools. They're not. And by the way, this ad is exactly how everyone feels. It's no different. No one likes it. No one likes the fact that they're evil people who find their hands on guns who go into schools and do these things. Nobody likes that. But nothing Allison Friedman is about to mention here will have anything to do with school safety. Nothing. We can stand up to the NRA and make our schools safer by expanding background checks closing gun show loopholes, and banning assault weapons. Do nothing. I approved this message because my opponent, Congresswoman Barbara Comstock, sold our kids' safety to the NRA. She I'm running to take it back. She sold safety? She sold this? Does this really work with people? Barbara Comstock sold our safety to the NRA. She did? How much was it? Well, Scott, it was $17,800 to be exact. She sold kids. I wonder if Barbara has kids. You think Barbara Comstock has kids? Does she ever go to a school where there are kids? How could she be so evil? Could it be that Barbara Comstock just has a different view on how to protect kids? Allison Friedman, you're a demagogue, and you on the left. To say the NRA is the problem, and that Barbara Comstock's just evil and sold our kids to the NRA, is a con, foisted upon mankind. It's pure demagoguery. But sometimes that's what works. And we wonder why we're divided politically is because of ads like that. Your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM. It's the Lee Brothers on WNTW, AM 820, 97.7 FM. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. Scott Lee, alone here in the studios. Richard Lee's in the hospital, covered in your prayers. 
Maybe the NRA is to blame. Dog shoots man in Iowa. An Iowa man says his dog inadvertently shot him while they were roughhousing this week. Guns are dangerous. If a dog can pick up a gun and shoot his owner, I got a problem. Maybe it's time we do get rid of guns. 51-year-old man told police he was playing with his dog on the couch and tossed the dog off his lap. He says when the pit bull lab mix, there's a problem, bounded back up, he must have disabled the safety on the gun in his belly band and stepped on the trigger and shot his owner in the leg. So there's some lessons here. One is never leave your gun alone because apparently it can get in the way and shoot you. Who lays a gun out by your just sitting there with the safety on with one in the chamber ready to go? Now, I believe this story. Dogs are, heck, they're pretty smart. Maybe the dog was ticked off and said, that's it. I've had it. The gun fired, striking the owner in the leg. He was treated at the hospital, released later that day. Of course, when that happens, the police show up and go, how'd you get shot? It was Rover. Rover shot me. Yeah, sure, right. No, seriously, you've been listening to the NRA ads by Angela Spangle and all, or Abigail and all these people in Northern Virginia. NRA did this. They allowed my dog to have a gun, and it shot me in the leg. I can hear that story now. Police Chief Roger Porter in Iowa called the shooting a freakish occurrence. So are Democrats. All right, your phone calls next, 454-1366. Coming up, this uh, Florida shooter's brother is okay to move to Virginia. What is that all about? I'll share that with you coming up. And check us out at 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. There you'll have uh, the U.S. foreign policy comparison. Phenomenal U.S. foreign policy comparison. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 97.7 FM. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers at 454-1366. Can't get any better for him. I mean, I just can't. I mean, can things get any better for Donald Trump? I mean, the left has hung everything on Stormy Daniels. <laughs> Meanwhile, the rest of the world's going, Trump's rocking. My name is Scott Lee. My co-host, my friend and my brother, sitting to my left, sometimes my far left, is Richard Lee. He is not in studio with me on this uh, Friday afternoon. He is in the hospital, and I promise you, he would rather be here. And I know that's tough for people to believe, but he would rather be here with me than in the hospital. And we cover your prayers as he's recovering from a heck of a year. So for the last four and a half months, Richard has been in and out of the hospital with uh, multiple organs removed, uh, due to cancer and, and other things he's going through. And it just is, uh, it's been a tough road for the Lee brother household. So continue to ask for your prayers as, and by the way, I, I meant to mention this at the top of the hour at the Powhatan forum last night, many people came up to me and said that they were praying for Richard and concerned about him. So that's a good thing. And, uh, believe me, that is all we ask you to do and it works. So thank you so much for your concern about Richard. All right, 454-1366, 454-1366. Trump is on a roll. And the left, I, I, I bet you they cannot believe. And you know what? Honestly, I can't believe a lot of this. I remember when, when um, during the, the campaign, Trump was probably close to the last person I wanted to be president. But now I don't think anyone could have could 
do what he's doing. Donald Trump is in the right place at the right time for our country. And the evidence that showed up in Indiana this week. So the Hispanic unemployment, likewise, is the lowest, think of it, in the history, in the history of our country. It's the lowest. That must be a problem for the left. Crap! I need them dependent on government. Trump, what have you done? If they could go out on their own and get jobs, then why do they need Democrats? <laughs> That's exactly the poor of it. I mean, what do you do when you're on the left on this? Do you look at this and go, you know, yeah, it's, does a, why can't the left celebrate this? Shouldn't everyone in America be going, that's a very good thing? I just, the one thing I don't like about this is how we divide everybody by these different, hey, women, uh, blacks, uh, Hispanics, uh, people who live under rocks. I mean, all these people are, I mean, why do we have to have identity politics? It's because of people on the left, like, you know, the VCU Michael Rao stood up at the graduation ceremony and said that we have diversity on purpose. He stood up at a graduation ceremony, looked out in the crowd and saw not graduates, but differences. Like I see some blacks over there. I see some Asians. Who does that? The left is beautiful at it. Trump continued. History in the history of our country is the lowest. So you have African-American, Hispanic, women, women, Women. We love women. <laughs> he did not just say that. That's phenomenal. Women. Women. We love women. We love women. And who and that's you know what? Who doesn't? Seriously. Who doesn't love women? And that's just a great way to start a speech. Women. We Can we like get a copy of that and never let it go? Women. Just that right there. I was like, women. That just many times you can say. Women. <laughs> we love women. Everybody cheers. You notice that? We love women. Woo! Yeah, baby. We are huge fans of women. That's wow. Right. Wow. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Tim Kaine. Yeah, this is, this, is, uh, this is hilarious. And you know when Trump's off the cuff speaking? It's this. It's when he gets to that point. We love women. <laughs> women. Listen to the roar. The I wonder if women are cheering in there, too. I love women too. This is the whole ridiculousness of identity politics. I mean, come on. We have to separate it like that. And Trump has to say, well, love women. Anyway. Unemployment rate in 18 years. I'm sorry we didn't make it in history, but we're catching it. It'll soon happen. He's on fire. I'm disappointed with that. Can you imagine? My most disappointing stat is women. It's the lowest unemployment rate in 18 years because all of the others are history. But I have a feeling the women will soon be history too because that's what's happening. <laughs> we need that one for sure. But I have a women will be history because too because all of the others are history. But I have a feeling the women will soon be history too <laughs> because that's what's happening. Oh, you gotta love Trump. And all of the great momentum that we're having as a country on jobs, on safety. On security. Listen to this. On our military, it's all at stake in November. You know what? He's right here. He's about to dive into why. And that's why I wanted you to hear this, because Virginia is obviously a huge election uh, every single year. We have the U.S. Senate seat, and Tim Kaine is sitting in that seat and must be defeated politically. Um, and Trump is a rock star here. 
He's a rock star. I mean, it's like he can say nothing wrong and do nothing wrong, mainly because people vote on the economy. Now, Trump has all kinds of moral breakdowns. He had them in his past. Uh, it seems like he's over those things in a different person based upon Mike Pence last week telling us that every meeting he nudges somebody to pray for that. I mean, that's a good thing. But he's going to tell you right now why November is important. You know, I don't think we've ever done better as a country. Certainly the economy and lots of other things. Look at all those beautiful red hats. Those beautiful red hats. Lift them up. Red hat, get a cheer. Red hats get the biggest cheer of the night. That and women, red hats. And I like the white ones too. Make America great again. Lift those whites up there. He saw him, didn't he? <laughs> He's just out of But it can disappear quickly. Now listen to this. You know, what we did was unprecedented in the history of our country, really in the history of the world, what we did with this election. And the strides that we're making have never, ever been made like this before. But it can also disappear if you put fools and if you put the wrong people in. It can disappear. I mean, Nancy Pelosi said yesterday. That's a boo line. No question, that's a boo line. He paused. Nancy Pelosi said yesterday she wants to end the tax cuts and raise your taxes. I said, tell me, is that like good politics? You know, it's not about politics, but think of that from a political standpoint. I don't think her party was too happy. But you know what? That's her thought. That's what they want to do. They want to raise your taxes, end your tax cuts. They want to have open borders where everyone flies into our country. That's not happening. So this week, you nominated an incredible slate of Republican candidates, many of whom I know. So Trump goes on from there and continues to talk about how the economy is the key and remind you that elections have consequences. And one of the consequences showed up this week with the Iran deal. Trump is telling the world, look, I don't care. If it's not good for America, we're not doing it. Donald Trump shredded the Iran deal, and the left has gone absolutely crazy over it, like it's the worst thing ever. And reality is, the whole thing was a scam. It wasn't even legitimate and real. The, dev- the deal never should have been, even been signed. It was, it, first of all, it was Team Obama brazenly to the American people about the newfound moderation inside the regime there, which is not accurate. The deal had nothing to do with the Iran missile program or terrorists or, or, or anything else. The United States provided cash. The, the whole deal was a, was a lie. The deal prevented concerted action. It didn't merely remove sanctions on Iran. It effectively blocked Americans' allies from doing anything to stop Iran's nuclear forward motion. Did you realize that? If Israel or Saudi Arabia had attacked Iran facilities, they would have crossed ways with us. The deal effectively made Tehran an ally, and our real enemies are allies. This is an insane scenario. That's why I don't understand people like Congressman Connolly up in Northern Virginia who grabbed the nearest microphone and ran in and tried to say it was a disaster. President 
Trump's decision to abrogate and withdraw good word, from abrogate. the Iran agreement, in my opinion, constitutes one of the most sordid and reckless acts by a chief executive of this country. Ever? A reckless act? What The deal was never approved by the Senate. Iran essentially got aggressive after the signing of the deal. I mean, since 2015, the, pa- the pace of Iran-backed Syrian slaughter had only increased. Hezbollah has effectively taken over Lebanon. This is, the, this is the result of capitulation. This is the result of weakness that the Obama administration has shown. And you have Rep. Connolly saying it's the worst thing ever? Agreement. In my opinion, constitutes one of the most sordid and reckless acts by a chief executive of this country. Worse. Wow. Not since the U.S. Senate failed to ratify the Treaty of Versailles. Oh, my. And joined the League of Nations. Has there been such a momentous and destructive foreign policy decision? You didn't even have a vote on it. Why would Connolly be offset? He never had a vote. I never had a say on it. No one did. And Trump recognized it. Thank God for Trump. The deal did not deter the quest for nuclear weapons, and it's certainly not going to start an arms race. Remember what happened after the Iraq war? Muammar Gaddafi gave up his nuclear program, knowing that there were serious possibility the United States would take action. After the Iran nuclear deal, North Korea regime even more loudly persuade, uh, pursued nuclear development. What's that say? Everyone knew it was a sham. Everyone knew it was a con with shiploads of money going to Iran. Except our congressman here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, home of Jefferson, Madison, and Henry, Connolly thinks it was the worst thing ever to have happen is to pull out of a deal that emboldened North Korea, that emboldened Iran. By pulling out of the Iran nuclear deal and making it clear that there are continued consequences for dictatorships seeking nuclear weapons, Trump has made it obvious to North Korea that their best move is to disarm. Isn't it interesting that we, they just freed prisoners from North Korea? Trump had a very good week. All right, your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Coming up, the alleged Florida school shooter's brothers coming to Virginia. We'll discuss that and more. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 97.7 FM. Zero diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. Lack of fairness. That's what we are. We're the epitome of fairness. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW. Richard Lee is in the hospital covering your prayers. I'm the lone man here. Scott Lee behind the microphones in the studio outside the Capitol. The Commonwealth of Virginia. I, you know what I don't understand? It's how we continue to still leave kids in cars. Six-month-old twins die after found unresponsive in Chesterfield vehicle yesterday around 2 o'clock. What, is a parent really capable of forgetting your kids in the car? I mean, I've got four kids. I don't ever remember thinking, ah, oh, where's that kid? You know, the six-month-old kid. Never. Now, I'm not suggesting there needs to be some kind of law, regulation, new bill in the General Assembly, because that's not going to prevent it either. I'm shocked that people go, hey, uh, we have two six-months twin. Where are they right now? Oh, they're in the car. What? 
I just don't, I just don't, never understood this. And there, there is no regulation, no law, no fear of anything coming along that's going to do this. It's just, I guess some people just, and even their neighbors said they're shocked by this because they were great parents. They always made sure the kids were taken care of, and here we find ourselves. 454-1366. Roderick from Midlothian, all with the Lee Brothers. Hey, how you doing? Good. Uh, on a different subject, there's one person whose name doesn't come up anymore when talking about Obama's motivation while he was president. And that person is Dinesh D'Souza. In his movie that came out in 2016, right. he, he very, very accurately predicted what was going to happen based on Obama's thought process and his attitudes towards America. And uh, I'd just like to hang up and listen to your response. Thank you. Well, thank you, Roderick. Uh, I I couldn't agree more. And um, that movie was exactly right. Look, we knew Barack Obama. Well, he even said it. It's time to transform America. He wasn't a fan of America. Barack Obama didn't grow up like you and me. He didn't grow up on Fourth of July picnics when you're a kid celebrating the greatness of America. He wasn't in America. He didn't grow up in America. He didn't have the passion and love for America that, that we have. What he did is he was outside the country looking at America and going, man, that's one screwed up place. We got to fix that. He comes here, finds the home of that ideology in the Democratic Party, convinces people through smooth talking and, and great stage performances that he cares about them and the whole time is conspiring about how to fix a country that didn't need fixing it needed to go back to its founding principles, and Obama despised them. You know, it's one of these things I'm just tired of us looking the other way. The media, other people, we see who these people are. They speak it. The Parkland shooter apparently was under the Obama rules on how to deal with people like this, and we still ignored it. Why in our country do we ignore the obvious problems in front of us? Why do we lie to ourselves and say, oh, Barack Obama loves the country, and we knew he didn't? No, no, these kids are fine kids. It's the guns that are a problem. Every one of these shootings that have happened, we knew who they were. Terrorists that blow up buildings and airplanes, we know who they are too, but we can't talk about them. I got pulled out of a TSA line because it was a random search. I said, random? Yeah, it's random because we can't do it specifically on people we think might be a threat. So we have to do it randomly in hopes that we'll catch the bad guys. The whole system is built on massive political correctness that we can't even fathom. And it's destructive. This alleged Florida shooter's brother, I don't know why we use the word alleged. The Florida school shooter's brother is okay to move to Virginia. The 18-year-old brother of the shooter, Nicholas Cruz, has been allowed to move to Virginia despite being on probation for several run-ins with the law since the shooting. So since the shooting, his brother has gone crazy. The, the, and uh, the judge there, they put him on probation. And uh, this week saying that the teenager has been offered a free home for a year in Stanton, Virginia. Some say Staunton. I don't know which one it is, actually. 454-1366. He would also be offered a job and counseling. His attorney said he's been offered a great opportunity to restart his young life in a fresh location. And the Commonwealth of Virginia is it. 
In Virginia, will have a job as a maintenance technician. I don't know where that is. And he'll also have living quarters that would be provided by Nexus Services, which specializes in helping people adjust after prison or treatment. He'll make $13 an hour and still face a host of probation restrictions. Right here in the Commonwealth. Now, I'm not suggesting he can't come here. I'd, I'd Look, if there's a place that can take care of this kid and he's not in prison, he didn't go to jail, he's, he's has some problems. But look, if somewhere in Stanton, Virginia wants to help him, good. He was sentenced to, um, the, the judge sentenced the younger Cruz to six months probation on trespassing charges. He was arrested weeks after the shooting for probation for driving without a license. He, he did say, I'll have a fresh relationship with these people in the Commonwealth of Virginia. He didn't say that, he just said Virginia. So that's an interesting turn of events that the uh, Florida shooter's brother will make uh, history here. Uh, in Virginia. We made national news on that. That's where the Commonwealth is. All right, your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820, WNTW 97.7 FM. Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM. WNTW, the answer. <laughs> no, that's right. You know what? I never even thought about that. Virginia is like a magnet for everybody that's like committed a crime. I mean, Hinckley came here, goes to Williamsburg after shooting Reagan. And now the Florida shooter's brother has to come to Virginia. What is it about the Commonwealth? It's just attractive to... Hey, when I got out of prison, I'm moving to Virginia. They're very welcoming there. Remember, Tim Kaine said it's a welcoming Commonwealth many, many years ago. All right, uh, check us out at 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. You know what dreamers are? Real dreamers are found at 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers takes you to our page. Dennis Miller on Trump a couple days ago, actually pretty good. You begin to hear some uh, some good things happening. And U.S. foreign policy comparison, all at 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers takes you there. All right, coming up, Tim Kaine has to be defeated. Two people will join me in hopes to be that person. E.W. Jackson and Delegate Nick Freitas will be joining me to discuss that. And Tim Kaine does the most amazing thing at Radford University. Now, he has a problem with interpreting of text. This butchered the Second Amendment. We'll share that with you coming up also as a reminder. And he completely butchers the Bible. So he butchers the Constitution and the Bible, two things that we should have on our shelves and be fully read on. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yep, Tim Kaine, it was a wow. It was a wow indeed. Poor Radford University graduates. That is dead ahead. And, of course, your phone calls, 454 454- 1366 454 1366 as we cover your prayers for Richard Lee's return. 454 1366 Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 97.7 FM. Virginia is selected for the federal drone program, whatever that means. Kane compares uh, Radford University students to Jesus. I'm not kidding. We'll share that next. And Tim Kane has a seriously good competition. That is next. Virginia citizens and American patriots, the only two-headed talk show in the capital 
of the Commonwealth of Virginia, the Lee Brothers. My name is Scott Lee. My co-host and friend and brother Richard Lee is not with me today. He is uh, he's back in the hospital. Complications from um, the incredible year he's had with the removal of his pancreas and spleen and just a, a tough year for the Lee brothers. Richard's there in the hospital even now as we speak, and we covet your prayers as um, we need him to be here for the only two-headed talk. I mean, it's not a two-headed program if my co-host and my brother and my friend isn't sitting here. So please play for Richard as we, uh, as we uh, covet those prayers greatly. I am, uh, oh, by the way, coming up at 5 o'clock, Norfolk, Virginia wants to regulate Airbnb. We'll talk about that. And the Washington Capitals hockey team, they are now have a dress code if they go to Florida. I kid you not. That is coming up at 5. But first, I'm, in, I'm enthusiastic. I was at an event last night at the Palatine uh, Republican Committee uh, Forum, and I was the moderator. And there joining me on stage was E.W. Jackson and Delegate uh, Nick Freitas, and I'm just, I'm encouraged because the passion for America and for liberty and freedom, everyone must hear. This is so good stuff, and the contrast between uh, Senator Kane and, 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 and these guys is night and day. Joining me right now is E.W. Jackson, and he's joining me because I want you to hear this man's passion for America. E.W.? Well, first of all, Scott, thank you for having me. And look, I want you to know I join in those prayers for your brother, Richard, and uh, we're just going to believe God that he is going to be just fine and back at the two-headed uh, desk, I guess, <laughs> you know, uh, holding forth with you. So well, we'll thank look forward you. to that. Well, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate that. I was, uh, I was impressed with you last night. I enjoyed uh, your company. Thanks. What I enjoy most, and I want you to tell our listeners, um, you said a couple things last night, and I don't know if we can get to all of it, but the, the one thing that struck me is your passion, and it's un, unparalleled. And I met you probably six years ago at an event downtown, the Bull and, the, and the, one of the Bear, I think the Bull and Bear Club or whatever it was, and heard you speak, and I was like, this guy is incredibly passionate about liberty and freedom. Is that who E.W. Jackson is? Well, Scott, look, I, I am blessed to live in the greatest nation in the history of mankind. Um, and I listen to pundits criticize my country because, you know, we had slavery. Well, I tell people I am a descendant of slaves. My great-grandparents were slaves. But I feel like they are founding fathers, every veteran, every American who has sacrificed and bled for this country are all people to whom we owe the debt of freedom. And therefore, I am never going to allow the liberty of my fellow citizens to be compromised because I know what it is to come from people, at least, to once were denied their liberty. But I'm never going to deny the wonderful legacy of liberty that we've been given, the promise that was made in the Declaration and the Constitution to every single one of us. So, so yeah, my background, I have deep roots in Virginia, and I really believe Virginia is the place where liberty was first articulated in a way that touched the heart of every American, and I think it's time for Virginia to lead again. Is liberty a threat right now? I, I would guess that most people don't understand the concept. They'll maybe looking at Tim Kaine going, well, he just likes me. He's going to take care of me. What do you mean? What's wrong with Tim Kaine? Well, look, Tim Kaine is a big government person who believes that um, there's no problem that government can't solve, although it doesn't seem to solve almost any problems. In fact, it tends to make problems worse. 
Uh, there's no tax increase that he doesn't want. There's no government spending that he doesn't support. And, you know, Thomas Jefferson said, the government that's big enough to give you everything you want is big enough to take everything you have. That's right. Uh, and that's where we are. I mean, Tim Kaine is a guy who thinks that government is always the answer. When Ronald Reagan made it quite clear, he said, you know, when, when the government shows up and says it's here to help, you know, hold on to your wallet, <laughs> hold on to your belongings because you're right. in trouble. Right. So, yeah, we have, we have very different philosophies. Look, the bigger the government, the less there is of individual liberty. And we've got to maximize individual liberty, minimize the size of government, because that's what made America great. And therein lies our future. You're in a uh, you're in a battle for the nomination uh, with Corey Stewart, with uh, Nick Freitas, who are, are good guys on their own. You made that yeah. statement last night. Whoever gets the nomination will, will you would support. How are you separating yourselves from those two gentlemen? Well, look, I think it, it's it's a matter of of emphasis. I think probably if you examined us for a couple of hours, you'd probably say, wow, these guys pretty much agree. Ninety, ninety five percent. I think there are some some distinctions uh, that are worth pointing out. I think one of them is emphasis. I think, you know, my emphasis because of my background and where I come from, I do have a big emphasis on making sure that poor and minority people understand the power of the American dream and the power of individual liberty, personal responsibility, and entrepreneurship to bring you out of poverty and to allow you to reach the, the highest place your God-given gifts and potential will take you. That's a big emphasis for me, and it's important, and frankly, it's politically important, because, Scott, we've got to peel these people who are natural conservatives away from these lying liberals who tell them we hate them, Republicans are racist, they're conservative, uh, they're, you know, these conservatives don't like you, they're out to get you. We have got to peel those people away. They, are, they naturally belong with us, uh, and yet they've been lied to and deceived. And the only thing that, that Tim Kaine, for example, has to offer is racial demagoguery. I mean, we've got to set these people free from that because they're being held in a different kind of bondage. But it's a bondage nevertheless. Was, uh, was Kanye West's comments uh, refreshing to you as an African-American? Is it, help, is it in, your, in your campaign, have you seen a difference with that at all? Or is it funny that Kanye West is... Well, 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 first of all, Scott, I take no offense at what you said, but I, I just remind people everywhere I go because I'm trying to change our vocabulary. I tell people I'm an American. I happen to be an American of African descent, like you may be an American of, of some place in Europe, I, I suppose. We're all Americans first and foremost, and I'm just trying to do away with this hyphenation so right. that we can Good. begin to think of ourselves as a community. Um, so, yeah, look, I, 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 the irony of ironies. <laughs> know that Kanye West <laughs> would, would spark this wonderful discussion uh, and, and end up in, in some ways apparently moving 11% or doubling the, the, the number of, of Americans of African descent, black Americans, to support the president. I mean, this is a wonderful thing. But, you know, just like nobody kind of expected Donald Trump to become president, nobody would have expected that Kanye West <laughs> would move black folks into the Trump column. But I'll tell you, we're, we're living in an age where some wonderfully, wonderful things are happening, even though they might strike us as strange and unpredictable. I'm glad that they are happening. So, yes, kudos to Kanye. Your, your message is one that should resonate across all the, uh, the divisions that the Democrats lay before us, and whether it's race or or gender or whatever it is, because your message is one of freedom. And that message should resonate with human beings on the planet. 
Exactly. And Scott, here's the thing that I think people don't understand about conservatives. I'm not sure Republicans do a good job of articulating it. We don't think of groups. We think of individuals. And we honor the basic human dignity of every person. I mean, I tell people, because I got a, a bad rap about, you know, things that I said in sermons and on programs about gays and lesbians, this sort of thing, because I was coming from a biblical perspective right. and extrapolating. So, but look, in the end, as a conservative, as a Christian, I respect every individual. I would never dishonor a person because I don't agree with them or disrespect them. But Democrats don't see individuals. They see groups. That's why they treat somebody like me with the viciousness and the venom and mm. the hatred that they can muster. Just like you saw Tom Arnold, the way um, he treated that young lady, right. Candace Owens. I mean, vile, nasty stuff. We don't do that to people because we respect individuals, but we, we would rather see individuals, not see groups and color and categories. How can people learn more about E.W. Jackson and your campaign? They can go to EWJackson.com, uh, EWJackson.com, or they can take out their cell phone, dial in 69,000, type Jackson as the message, and my campaign will immediately respond and connect them to us. Outstanding. Sir, thank you for your time. Enjoyed you last night, and, and uh, good luck in the race. Thank you, Scott. God Always, bless you. Dude. Yes, sir. God bless you. That's E.W. Jackson running for U.S. Senate as a Republican. All right, your phone calls next, 454-1366, 454-1366. 1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 97.7 FM. Representing the end of political correctness. It's the Lee Brothers on AM 820 97.7 FM WNTW. Took my wife to the barnyard and I set her down to supper. Well, she got choked on a turkey leg. And stuck <laughs> I don't her know where this came from. The Lee Brothers, my name is Scott Lee. Richard Lee is in the hospital. And we, we continue to covet uh, your prayers for him as he is on a recovery road. It's just a bit longer than we would hoped. Tim Kaine has a uh, reputation. He's already established it for taking things out of context. And you will not believe, I, I need you to stop what you're doing and listen to how Tim Kaine addressed the students at Randolph University. The, uh, this, is, um, this is the most unbelievable uh, twisting of things I've ever heard. But his twisting didn't start with Randolph University. It started when he tried to interpret the Second Amendment. In fact, the Second Amendment is the only amendment whose text even uses the word regulation. A well-regulated militia, the need for a well-regulated militia gives individuals the right to bear arms. What does the phrase well-regulated mean? He actually thinks it means that the government can regulate it when it actually has nothing to do with that. He continued. It's not a reference to the length of somebody's beard or the kind of hat they should wear. There's an understanding that firearms are dangerous. And if individuals are to have the right to have them, there also must need to be some appropriate level of regulation. It's unbelievable. I've never heard that interpretation of the Second Amendment. It's dead wrong, but that's Tim Kaine. He continued this week at the, uh, at the uh, Randolph uh, graduation. He was the commencement speaker. Here's what he said. Listen to this. And if you know anything about the book of Isaiah, you'll pick up immediately how bad this is. In recent months, I've been pondering the Old Testament phrase from the book of Isaiah. Do you believe that, by the way? In recent months, Tim Kaine's been pondering. I mean, he could be. I should be not so judgmental on that, but maybe he has really been pondering it. In recent months, I've been pondering the Old Testament phrase from the book of Isaiah. 
and a little child shall lead them. The book of Isaiah is a book of prophecy. And that phrase is part of a prophecy that there will come times when the leadership of a child or of young people generally will be incredibly necessary. What? It's about young kids in general? That's what it's about? You mean this whole time the prophet Isaiah was talking about all kids everywhere and their leadership's important? I'm pretty sure, Tim Kaine, that that prophecy is specifically about the coming of Jesus Christ. I'm almost dead certain that's it. But you think it's applied to the graduates at Randolph University? The leadership of a child or of young people generally will be incredibly necessary. I think we're living in that time. Oh. And that puts an extra responsibility on your shoulders. How does he do that? Now, I could be wrong. 454-1366. Tim Kaine just called every gra- graduate at Radford University, Radford University, Radford University. Um, what have I been calling it? Have I been calling it Radford? I hope so. Um, they've been comparing him to Jesus. He's saying the book of Isaiah that he's been pondering for two months. For two months, he came to the conclusion that, oh, this idea, this, this, I, this. And a little child shall lead them. A little child shall lead them is referring to, I mean, Radford University has now all little Jesuses, I guess. How can this guy get away with this? He looked at the Second Amendment and said, oh, the word regulated in there means we can regulate it. He looks at the book of Isaiah and says uh, uh, that that this refers to all young people, that we ought to listen to young people. He went on at the end of the speech and referenced it again. If I go back to the book of Isaiah, the lead into the verse that I read, and a little child shall lead them, talks about a time when, quote, the wolf will dwell with the lamb. You probably remember that phrase of the leopard uh, with the kid and the wolf with the lamb. Yeah. And this is to be the moment of leadership by young people. Not every moment, but this particular moment. Interesting. So now it refers to the coming of all things, the consummation of heaven and earth. I mean, Tim Kaine, why are you stretching this? What's the stretch? You mean to say that you're using the Bible's reference to refer to Radford University students as needing their leadership because Jesus was prophesying? I mean, it's the biggest stretch of all time. You know, it's also an interesting stretch to suggest that the most unexperienced and emotional thinking people should be guiding us in our policy, which are young people. Tim Kaine is all about this, and he actually tried to use the reference of Christ in Isaiah as evidence for it, and it fell flat on his face, and he's dead wrong. I don't think he should be allowed to read anything anymore without some supervision. Just saying. Your phone calls next, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM. Kind, compassionate, and tolerant. Oh, wait, that's a different show. The Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM. WNTW, the answer. I mean, if you don't get the Bible right, you get nothing right. Radford University at his graduation ceremony, Tim Kaine said that, that everybody in there is essentially young like Jesus was and therefore we should listen to him 
It's just, it's preposterous. Kane went to a government class at Forest Park High School up in Woodbridge and taught a government class for an hour. I wonder if he, I wonder what he said in that class. That he, he can't read the Constitution without butchering it. He's not very good on the Bible, but he teaches the government class. I don't know what Tim Kane would teach in a government class. Don't worry. The government's here to help. I, there's not a single problem I can't solve with your parents' wallet. If I could just get more access to your parents' wallet, more problems could be solved. So I need you to go home, tell them the, the role of the government is to take care of you. The role of government is to ensure that you have a job. The role of government is to make sure that I know how to spend your parents' money better than you do. Tim Kaine has to be defeated in November. We, we've got to defeat him. And coming up, we'll talk to another candidate that just might. Look at Nick Freitas is going to join us, and uh, he's going to tell us about his campaign and his hope to be the nominee in the Republican side and how he is radically different than our current U.S. sitting senator, Tim Kaine. All right, check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. You want to see what real dreamers look like? Phenomenal video there at 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers, Dennis Miller on Trump, and the U.S. foreign policy comparison. That is spectacular. That's all at 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Takes you to our page. You'll see a lot of information on us, our Twitter accounts, our Facebook link, and the U.S. foreign policy comparison. That uh, is exactly what's happening. All right, coming up, more on Tim Kaine. Delegate Nick Freitas is next. And your phone calls, 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW, 97.7 FM. Making radio great again. It's the Lee Brothers on WNTW AM 820 97.7 FM The Answer We need hats making radio great again. Virginia citizens and American patriots My name is Scott Lee My co-host, my friend and my brother sitting to my left, sometimes my far left is Richard Lee He is not here today. He is uh, in the hospital Still recovering from an incredible year as he continues to fight and battle um, that has been tough for the Lee Brother household. So we still covet your prayers for Richard as he will. He promised me this morning he'd be back next next week. So um, we'll hold that uh, out as a promise from Richard that he'll he'll come back and join us. Last night I was at the, uh, the Palatine Republican Committee uh, U.S. Senate Forum. And I was uh, on stage trying to moderate a uh, so-called debate between E.W. Jackson and Delegate Nick Freitas. And I'm impressed by the both of them tremendously. And it was just a great event. And I wish that you could have been there and seen it all. So I've done the best thing I could. And that is to ask them to join us. And joining me right now is Delegate Nick Freitas. Delegate? Hey, great. Thank you for having me on. You bet. Hey, listen, uh, enjoyed it last night. Uh, great time. I, I was really impressed uh, with your handling of the issues, and I, I don't say that lightly, and I'm not trying to, to blow smoke here. I, I, I listened to uh, how you handled each one of the questions, and the crowd responded very positively. And quite honestly, um, this is why I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged because I saw on stage someone who's going to be able to go right at uh, Tim Kaine 
and take him on the issues. And quite honestly, Delegate, it's frustrating because I feel like so much of politics isn't about issues. <laughs> it's more about, you know, emotion and, and everything else. Uh, would you agree with that? No, I would completely agree. I, I think one of the problems that I really have with modern politics is it's become a cult of personality instead of a discussion about ideas. And then you, you constantly run in this situation where many on the left, not everybody, but many on the left, uh, the moment you say something they don't like, they, they get offended and they want to shut down debate. And it's a tactic that's been used all, all too often, and it's something that, unfortunately, uh, Republicans haven't fought back hard enough against. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that opportunity. Uh, I, I really am. I, I want to bring, I want to bring the, the debate back to ideas. I mean, Tim Kaine's been in office for almost 30 years, uh, so there's, there's plenty to discuss. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and I think when we keep it there, we win. Well, let's, let's talk about one of those issues that um, just gets a lot of heat in demagoguery, and that's the NRA. You had just been endorsed in this campaign against uh, Corey Stewart and E.W. Jackson, of the three of you, you have the endorsement of the NRA now. Congratulations on it. I do. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we have the endorsement of the National Rifle Association. We also have the endorsement of the National Association of Gun Rights. Um, Is that baggage? Is that baggage or not? No, no, no. I'm I'm happy with all. Look, any any pro-Second Amendment group that wants to come out and and endorse, we're, we're very happy for that. Uh, but uh, obviously it was, you know, uh, NAGR came out first, now NRA just came out. Uh, so that, that's great. Um, and again, when you, I think all of us, every one of the candidates in this race that's seeking the Republican nomination would, would vote to defend Second Amendment rights. Uh, but I'm the only one that has a, a long-term voting record on it. And I, I actually sit on the subcommittee, which hears all of the gun legislation within the Virginia General Assembly. And this last year, the Democrats brought over 30 bills uh, 30 anti-gun bills, and um, I got to help make sure that all of those um, all of those were voted down in subcommittee. Well, in fact, I think you, you've actually made a name for yourself by going to the floor of the House and uh, and talking about this very issue and how they demagogue you into some kind of creature from the Black Lagoon or something. I don't know. Uh, and, and it made mi- millions of people watch that, not just in Virginia, but all over the country. No, we, we did. In fact, we even had people all over the world contacting our office, we, as far as the Philippines, Australia, UK, uh, because it was. It, it, the left, uh, many on the left were engaging in just rank demagoguery. I mean, the same people that are constantly lecturing us about civil dialogue and tolerance and compassion. Well, you know, the moment they got their dander up, they wanted to compare those of us who, who defend the Second Amendment, compare us to Nazis, compare us to segregationists. And I just wasn't having it anymore. Uh, it, it was just, it was infuriating because... It's it's a fairly simple concept. We believe people have the right to defend themselves, and the Second Amendment is absolutely critical to that. And I stand by this statement. Any government that would try to deprive you of your ability to defend yourself is a government that's trying to make subjects out of citizens, and I'm just not going to have that. I've seen what happens the world over, and um, and the Second Amendment is, is critical to our individual liberty. It's critical to all the other rights we enjoy, and it deserves to be protected. To make subjects of citizens. What a phenomenal line. I hope everybody heard that. We're talking with Delegate Nick Freitas. He's running for U.S. Senate on the Republican ticket. I want to ask you to explain conservatism. I, I felt like last night at the, at the forum, you did a phenomenal job of not only explaining conservatism, but capitalism. Can you expand on that again? Sure. I, I mean, I think if you look at conservative philosophy, the root of conservative philosophy is that we really do believe in the power of the individual. We believe that each person is unique. They have a unique purpose to fulfill, special talents, creativity, and, and they should be free to be able to pursue happiness in accordance with their definition of it, not the government's, not Tim Kaine's, their definition of it. Uh, but it is pursuit, right? Individual liberty also requires personal responsibility. 
So I, I think if you look at the core, you know, three core pat- platforms of conservative philosophy, it's individual liberty, it's free market economics and, and property rights, and it's, it's equal protection before the law. It's, it's justice. And that's what we believe in. And I think when we break it down into that, that core philosophy, we find a lot of support from it, uh, including from areas that you might not expect it. And then when you, when you look at free markets specifically, I, I, again, I'll go back to the left caricature of, of, of tolerance and compassion, but then you, you see that they always want to constantly use government to micromanage society, to run our lives for us, and to punish us for not doing what they think we should be doing with our lives. Exactly. And there's nothing tolerant or compassionate about that. And, and when you look at the free market, and I think it's important to point this out, freedom is not just voting rights. Freedom is property rights. Because if you have voting rights without property rights, well, then elections are nothing more than ritualistic selections of who gets to take your stuff, <laughs> right? It, it's, right. It, it's a bunch of people sitting around deciding who's going to rule over them. Property rights is, is, is incredibly important, and that's all the free market is. That's all capitalism is. It's, it's the private uh, ownership of the means of production and distribution through a system of voluntary exchange. If you want to break it down into layman's terms, I, I own stuff, you own stuff, you have talents, I have talents. And the only way we engage uh, in trade is if it's to mutual benefit. And, and that's the reason why you, you can have everybody doing better within the economy. That's the reason why everybody has an opportunity to be successful when you have a free market, when you have a capitalist economy, because everyone has an opportunity to trade of their time and talents to, to maximum value to benefit themselves, their families, and their communities. And, and the moment government starts to come in and, and tinker and try to micromanage that process, now, all of a sudden, your ability to succeed in the economy is no longer based on your work ethic or your ideas or your innovation. It's based off of your political connections. And that's not something I ever want to take root in the United States. This is a big battle. You, you, you get the nomination on the Republican side. You're going up against U.S. Senator Tim Kaine, who has not lost an election that he was the head of the, of the ticket. You obviously lost the yeah. presidential one as the VP choice, but he hasn't lost an election Many are saying he's not going to lose this one in November either, no matter who the candidate is. How are you overcoming that? What would be your, what's your step to say, you know what, I've got to wake the town and tell the people? Uh, so I'll tell you, so I used to be a Green Beret. Um, I used to be a Green Beret, so my whole job was unconventional warfare and counterinsurgency. Uh, <laughs> I love being the underdog. <laughs> I love being the underdog. And, and it is. It is, a, it is a complete David and Goliath scenario between uh, myself and Tim Kaine, but I like to remind people on who won that fight. With a little rock, what by the really, way. <laughs> exactly. What it, what it comes down to is, yes, Tim Kaine hasn't lost before. He's due. He's got 30 years. And, and if you look at what he's running on, what's he running on? He's saying, well, I have unfinished business. My gosh, you've been doing this for 30 years, Tim. When, when did your business end so our business can begin? <laughs> That's you perfect. know, show, show us the monumental successes that you've had in government. Because from what I see, you, when you left, when you left the city council and you left the mayoralship in Richmond, Richmond schools were still failing, and they're still failing to this day. When you left the governorship, we were in debt, or we weren't just in debt, but we were running deficits, and you had to shut down. You know, in a stunt, you had to shut down all, all of the um, you know rest stops. on the side of the road. Right, right. Yeah, the rest stops. Um, you know, now as a senator. You want to campaign on the economy, but you voted against everything that is making this economy hum again, largely the tax reform, regulatory reform. Um, I mean, I mean, you name it. Tim Kaine has been on the wrong side, but because things happen to be going well um, in, in areas where he had nothing to do with it, he was able to campaign on successes that not only did, was he not a part of, but he was an actual impediment to. And, and it's time for Tim Kaine to actually defend his record 
and uh, and defend it in a debate setting, defend it in a, in a forum setting. Um, because I can't, like I say, my favorite words in the general assembly, my seven favorite words in the general assembly were the delegate yield for the for a question. Because when I ask that, they have to get up and actually defend their policy, defend their philosophy, defend their record, and that's the same thing Tim Kaine's going to have to do. And I, and I have to say, look, it's, I, I'm not I'm not claiming that I'm uh, you know I'm standing on the shoulders of giants when it comes to the things I believe and the philosophies that I, I'm passionate about. Uh, but I've spent a lot of time learning how to defend those things. I've spent a lot of time learning how to debate those things, and I and I cannot wait because I saw what happened with Mike Pence and Tim Kaine, and uh, Mike Pence let him off easy. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Well, I would hope that um, if if you do in fact get the nomination on the Republican ticket this summer and you are the nominee, I, I would hope that you would follow this guy at every campaign stop. That you demand multiple multiple debates because I would I would really like to see that go head to head with with him that'd be great oh we're, we're gonna we're gonna encourage him to, to join in as many debates as we can possibly get and then we're gonna ask him why we couldn't get the other ones <laughs> Good um, and then anytime there's then anytime there's an opportunity for us to be even remotely in the same location again we're gonna call it his record i'm not gonna attack tim kane personally that, that's one thing i want to say that um you know there's this idea that the only way we can win is by being vicious or ruthless i, I gotta i always ask people think of one you know, American political figure that you respect. Think of think of one that you would describe as vicious and ruthless. Yeah, that's not how we win. We win by inspiring people. We win by arguing for what we believe with and honor, ideas. with integrity, but also with tenacity. Yep. Uh, and 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 I'm, I'm sorry. It's about time that we stand up for what we believe boldly and unapologetically. And and like I said, when we've done that, I, when I gave that floor speech to the House of Delegates, anyone that saw it. You know, said that look, yeah, you 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 did some hard hitting points, but you tried to be respectful on it. Okay, and then the entire Democrat caucus requested a recess. You know, went and went into their their space, and then came back and talked about how offended they were. Snowflake. But that didn't deter us from doing what we needed to do. <laughs> That's right. right. So if, okay. if you find the truth offensive, maybe your real problem is with the truth, not me. Fair enough. Great. Hey, delegate, thank you so much. Great to have you on the show. Oh, my and pleasure. I, I appreciate it. impressed with you last night, and good luck in the campaign. Well, thanks. You did a great job, and it was, it was great working with you. That was thanks fun. Again. Thank you, sir. Delegate Nick Freitas, he is uh, an option for you in the Republican ticket for the U.S. Senate seat against Tim Kaine. All right, your phone call's next, 454-1366, 454-1366. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 97.7 FM. The Circus Clowns of Talk Radio on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. Scott Lee by himself behind the microphones here in the outskirts of the capital, the Commonwealth of Virginia. Richard is in the hospital. We covet your prayers as our hope for his return is Friday. It's a serious time in our country. Your elections matter. It's time that Tim King goes. And whether you like E.W. Jackson, Corey Stewart, or who we just had on, Delegate McFreitas, one of those will be facing Tim Kaine and needs our support like never before. A Liberty group that is backing Rand Paul, in fact, Rand Paul's PAC, has an ad out in favor of Nick Freitas. This June, Republicans have a choice. A guy who carries around toilet paper or a Green Beret who carried a rifle in combat. Nick Freitas served two tours in Iraq. Nick Freitas is a leader in defending our Second Amendment rights. If you want change in Washington, don't send a boy to do a man's job. Send the Green Berets. 
Send Nick Freitas. America's Liberty Pack is responsible for this communication. That is running across Virginia. 454-1366. Scott from Richmond on with the Lee Brothers. Hey, Scott, you've got a great name. <laughs> Thank you, sir, and you. And my, uh, my prayers will go up for Richard. Thank you. Um, I'm sorry that he's back in the hospital. Um, I like Nick Freitas. I, I really like what he had to say, and, heck, I want, I, I want more military guys up there in, in the Senate. Um, unfortunately, when he, when he gets there, because I believe he's going to win, um, when he gets there, he's going to have to both fight off uh, Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell because they're almost one and the same. You believe Nick Freitas is not only going to win the nomination to be Republican, you think he's going to beat Tim Kaine? Yes, I do. Wow. I, I, really, I really do. Well, I hope. I, listen, I, I'm with you 100%. I would love for to see that happen. I think it's, it is a truly David and Goliath, quoting the delegate, uh, scenario. And I like what he said, you know, David won, but it didn't look like it. And um, I think we're going to need some help with that. I think so, too. And, you know, we've got an uphill battle, for sure, because of the way the state has gone blue the last 10 years or so. Um, However, if we can just keep on point and say, hey, Jen hasn't done anything that has made this state better the last two years. In fact, fact, we could be even better if he weren't there. That's correct. That's correct. And, And, Scott, thanks so much for the call. I think that if it's on issues, we win. And everywhere, in fact, last night, Delegate Nick Freitas told a story about when he was on an airplane beside somebody who is, was very liberal in their persuasion. And they were arguing on the airplane. Not, not arguments, of course. They were discussing issues on the airplane. And at the end of the conversation, the delegate seemed to indicate that, that he persuaded them to see what the conservative philosophy of Madison's small-R republicanism look like. This person had never heard the real cause for freedom and liberty. They've never heard these things. The, the, the exciting thing is, is Nick Freitas can articulate these principles. And it is, I, I, that's why I always beg people. From the left, Democrat, leftist, I will gladly have a conversation with anyone about these principles. And not out of anger or, or yelling, but just a simple, what did the founders intend? What does the Constitution say? What is Article 1, Section 8? Let's have these real conversations about real issues. And I promise you, every time I've had a legitimate real conversation with somebody who is on the far left, every single time at the end of the conversation, they, th- they say these words to me. I never thought of it like that. I am telling you, it is time to make the case for liberty again. It's time to, to, to show even leftists, progressive and Democrats, that Nick Freitas will make you better. It will make the country better, and you will be more free. And all the leftist ideas that you want, you can fight for them right here in Richmond, where that belongs, not in a far-off land surrounded by a beltway, run by kings and queens who have little interest in your freedom. They look at you as serfs and peasants. Let's have this discussion again. 
454-1366. Lee Brothers 820, WNTW 97.7 FM. Zero diversity, complete intolerance, and a total lack of fairness. It's the Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW, The Answer. Virginia is among 10 states that have been selected for a federal pilot program aimed at increasing government and commercial use of unmanned aircraft. They sometimes refer to those as drones. Mark Warner said in a statement that Virginia's selection means the state will be in the forefront of this revolution. Whatever that means. No idea what that even means. So what? We're 10 states picked for federal drone programs. So we're going to have them flying over our house? Well, that's just beautiful. All right, check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Three great videos there. One's the Real Dreamers of America and a U.S. foreign policy comparison that you'll enjoy, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. Also, send me a... Uh, a tweet or add me to your Twitter, Scott Lee underscore bro, Scott Lee underscore bro, as I'm just starting my Twitter build up and I'm don't know what I'm doing. I could use your help. All right, coming up the, um, should Norfolk regulate Airbnbs? We'll talk about that. And the Capitals hockey team has new dress code. I kid you not all that next Lee brothers, 820 WNTW 97.7 FM. There's a new cat in town. He's got high Thinks he's gonna change history You think you know him so well Yeah, you think he's so Yeah, I love this. It's phenomenal. The renaming of schools and highways continues. We got nothing else to do. I'm offended by a highway name. Jefferson Davis must go. NBA is considering a female coach. Bad idea, and I will explain why. I mean, obvious reasons, too. And Norfolk, Virginia, restricting your freedom. Airbnb, not so much. Not unless they say so. That is next. Virginia citizens and American patriots. Radio, as the founding fathers intended. The Lee brothers, my name is Scott Lee. That sound that you hear of silence is, uh, would normally be Richard Lee, except he's not here. He's in the hospital recovering from a four and a half month tour that he's been on with his health. And, uh, we ask that you continue to pray for Richard as he has uh, struggled this year. Our whole family has with, uh, with, with his health. And, um, he promised me this morning as I talked to him that he would be, he'd be back here next week. So that's encouraging, but your prayers are coveted because we believe they work. So uh, please continue to pray for, for Richard. All right, 454-1366, 454-1366. Check us out, 820theanswer.com. By clicking on the Lee Brothers takes you right to our page. All right, got a caller. Let's get right to it. Name sounds familiar. It's Richard in Richmond. I'm with the Lee Brothers. Hey, Richard. It's me, Knucklehead. Barry Moore called me and told me I should call in to you and help you out because you're, you're crashing and burning like a big dog. I feel really guilty because I'm cooking hamburgers on the grill. Wait, 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 wait a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're, you're at home? There's something wrong with this picture entirely. And by the way, Mark, I told you not to take calls from <laughs> That's great. So you're obviously still That's on. That's a good one. You're obviously still in the hospital, obviously. Yeah, I'll send you a picture. Okay, good. We'll post I, I gotta send you, I gotta send you some photographic proof. I'll send you photographic proof. That's where I am. Well, man, you sound phenomenal. 
I mean, what is the deal? Why well, aren't you, you here? I, I feel good. I'll be out tomorrow. Okay, good. I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here getting a blood transfusion at the moment. Doesn't that sound tasty? Uh, yeah. I don't even know what that is. Like, Are they taking out blood and adding new blood? What, what's a transfusion? No, they put new blood in. Oh, you're I'm getting like additional. Yeah, I'm kind of like a car that's two quarts low. Oh, oh, that. Well, yeah, yeah. you did explain that to me this morning, and that they don't run yeah. very good. So, well, you sound great. I'm encouraged. Uh, that, <laughs> it's hilarious. I won't be clacking anymore once I get my two quarts. Yeah, good. That's that's excellent. Well, Richard, thank you, man. That's awesome. You sound great. Miss you much, and I know. The, uh, the listeners and, and many people who, who appreciate the show prefer two-headed talk show. And, uh, and Barry Moore's probably right. Um, we sound better when we're together. So. <laughs> You're a great guy. I love Barry. <laughs> who doesn't? All right, that's awesome. Thanks, hey, bro. I gotta yeah. t- can I tell you one quick story? Oh, man, I'd love for you to. Did you hear, the, uh, hear about the uh, <laughs> Canadian zoo workers? All right, is this a joke or is this a story? No, this is a true story. Okay, true go ahead. Story. It happened recently. They Obviously, you have, time, you have time on your hands here in the hospital to read these things. Go, go yeah, ahead. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here getting blood pumped in, so I've got all the time in the world. They, they, they took a bear out of the zoo and put him in a station wagon. True story. Took him to the drive-thru at Dairy Queen and let the, no. <laughs> the drive through clerk feed him ice cream. They're all on... In hot, hot water right now, but that is just that's something that I would do. <laughs> and I'm so I was going to say the same them. thing. I was just going to say the exact You would pick the punch. <laughs> you would I pick it up off the, the side punch. of the road. Get in here, Bear. I would. I, would. Oh, I know you I would. would. Huge animal lover. They're cute and cuddly. Yeah. Try, try, don't try this at home, folks. This is only Richard Lee's <laughs> stunt. <laughs> that's great. Dude, you sound phenomenal. Love you lots, bro. Keep it Love up. Love you too, bro. Yep, get ready. You take care, and you're doing a great job. show sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, That's I'll why. I'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, man. That's Richard Lee. You got to pay me for saying that. <laughs> That's Richard Lee, the co-host of the Lee Brothers program in the hospital, calling in. Thanks, brother. Always love you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you setting me and straight. Thanks. Certainly. Thanks to everyone for their prayers and support. I really appreciate it during this, this, this battle. I think that I'm on the backstretch now. There's light at the end of the tunnel and i think i'm going to come out of it shining very soon good thanks bro very soon. i'll you. be back next week for sure all right buddy thank you that's richard all right, all right 454-1366 454-1366 i don't know about you but i feel a whole lot better he sounded I, I talked to him this morning that was not i'm actually surprised that was him i was like wait a second what's going on here you just didn't want to come in the day and go to work that was the deal Understood, but uh, voice sounds good. So thank you so much for for praying for him. And Mark, I was kidding about blocking him. Obviously, we did not have him blocked. We did not. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> Norfolk, Virginia wants to regulate Airbnb. And you know what? Thank goodness for big politicians in big cities. We can't do this on our own. You people in Norfolk, you and you people here in Richmond who want to go to Norfolk and enjoy the 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 beach and the area. You you cannot. You, don't you know? Have you not been told? You're not smart enough to negotiate this with anyone without their help. They must be regulated. They must be taxed. There must be some government control because you surf and peasant. You actually think you can rent a place on your own with your own private little website, Airbnb, and, and bypass government? You think you could bypass these kings and queens? Oh, you're mistaken. You know what's even worse about this? 
I mean, government can think of these things on their own. I'm sure Norfolk City Council and all the rest of these people can come up with the idea to, to regulate and tax Airbnb rentals and enforce it on their own. But I promise you, there are progressives and people who don't like Airbnb. And I promise you they're lobbying to stop it. And that's what good leftists do. Just If they don't like it, you can't do it. If they don't like it, they're just not going to rent on, on Airbnb. They don't want you to rent on Airbnb. There is a group of people, I kid you not, I promise you, that are lobbying Norfolk to say, stop the insanity. This must be refuted. We have got to stop the idea that a normal citizen cannot interact with a normal citizen without government help. Why wouldn't I, who own my own property in Norfolk, Richmond, Virginia Beach, Williamsburg, wherever it might be, simply negotiating with a citizen of the Commonwealth or a citizen anywhere in America, a rate in my house. Why can't I do that without government intervention? Oh, Scott Lee, the, the hotels are regulated. That is a public company. A public company has agreed to be regulated by the government and in doing so, set up a, corp a corporation designed to do just that. They knew the rules. And by the way, I'm a, I'm, I think we should limit the regulation on hotels too. But to go the other way and to say, oh, no, no, no. Since the hotels are regulated, Joe Schmo, who owns his own property, has to have the same regulation? Simply insane, in my opinion. 454-1366. Rick from Chesapeake. You're on with the Lee brothers, or at least me, Scott Lee. Rick? Rick. Hello? Yes, Rick, you're on the air. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's actually Chris. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> I, I want to say two things. One was fairly jovial. I want to get your input on guys who have half a million dollar houses and drive BMWs that still have the uh, don't tread on me license plate. Second thing. What? Um, I don't understand that. Do you, oh. well, do, do, you, do you feel there's ever a situation where the state can be more taxing than the federal government? You think that could ever happen? Well, sure. Okay. In my, in my experience, I'm always more concerned about the state than the federal government because they seem to, you know, the state obviously is going to have a need for revenue. And I'm just trying to figure out where these guys are going to get it if they don't get it from us. Uh, where the state's going to get revenue? Yeah, where they're going to get it. Well, if they're, they're not open they're, to legalizing marijuana, they're not open to some of these revenue streams. Where are they where are they where, Rick, where are they currently getting it? Well, there, there you go. A lot of it came out of housing. That's, that's, that's not going anywhere. I don't, understand, I don't understand where we have an argument. If we're currently taxing, I mean, the, the, they're currently getting revenue. Are you suggesting that the taxing of Airbnb is a better way? No, 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 I'm, I'm not. I actually, what, what I, I guess where I'm coming from is I think we have to start looking for revenue streams instead of always looking to, to raise taxes or incorporate tax. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying that, that the same effort should be applied to looking for other ways of getting revenue instead of always looking for citizens to pay higher taxes. That's my point. I uh, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. We don't want citizens to pay more taxes. Absolutely not. And by the way, I've never yeah. I've never had a sleepless night over the state having less revenue. I just I just haven't. <laughs> I've never laid awake at night going, "Holy crap, the state could be with less." Thanks for the call, Rick. Four five four thirteen sixty six. Four five four thirteen sixty six. Lee Brothers eight twenty WNTW ninety seven point seven FM. Our version of the Federalist Papers. 
without all that reading. It's the Lee Brothers on WNTW AM 820, 97.7 FM. Oh, those, those Federalist Papers, by the way, spoke clearly about the federal government being enumerated in Article 1, Section 8, only could do certain things and everything else left to the states. So our caller was right. I mean, we should be more concerned about what's going on in our states and the federal government. Except the problem is everything's done by the federal government. So we should go back to federalism and the government that's closest to you is the one that works best. I mean, when's the last time you had a conversation with your congressman or U.S. senator? Never. But you can go right up to your House of Delegates member. They probably live in your neighborhood or the state senator or your city councilman. That is Jefferson's ideal. That is the best way government works when it's closest to you. So the Federalist Papers, you can read them or you can listen to us here every Friday, 3 to 6 on WNTW. All right, so Airbnb rentals are going to be attacked by Norfolk. They're going to be. They're going to be taxed because you serfs and peasants can't do it on your own. Government must come in and enforce the rules and regulations so you feel safe because you are just a serf and peasant. And government cares more about you and doesn't really believe you can do it on your own. Insane. Simply stupid, but it doesn't matter because the feel-goodness of it is what wins, not the facts of it. It must be regulated and taxed. And by the way, only thing that means for you is if you ever want an Airbnb, it's going to be a whole lot more money. So, hey, you want that? Great. More power to you. Here's another stupidity. (laughs) Thank you, Trump. Here's, Here's something else that's interesting. Our passion and desire to change the names of things. I have, I have struggled with this one forever. Jeb Stewart School to be named, changed. Alexandria, Virginia, is moving forward on renaming a road. Jefferson Davis Highway. It's actually Route 1, and I guarantee you the people up there haven't spent three seconds of their life thinking, wait a second, that says Jefferson Davis High. They don't. They don't care. You know Why? Because normal people don't care about the name of the road. Alexandria, however, has apparently too much time on their hands. So on Tuesday of this week, they put on the desk and the table a possible name change. They, after years of discussing, they'd like to strip the name of the Confederacy's president from Route 1. The city council voted to put the proposal on the agenda on June 23rd. The task force recommended the name... Richmond Highway. (laughs) That's better. Richmond Highway. Well, that's what Fairfax County calls it, apparently. The name change, if passed, would cost the city $27,000 in sign changes, and it would not take effect until January 1st. So we got to go through the pain. Alexander has to go through the pain of saying Jefferson Davis until January 1st? If it's that critical, do it now! Even if it costs $50,000, please don't subject yourselves to the Jefferson Davis name anymore. The insanity continued. Jeb Stewart School, I don't understand. Here's what uh, Ty Allen, a Jeb Stewart uh, elementary parent, said. We have a lot of controversy in the city of Richmond as far as racial history. Well, some of that is self-proposed or self Uh, imposed isn't it I mean if all you talk about is race relations that's self-imposed goes on to say our children should have a positive feeling about walking in a building they're going to your kids listen to you you think your elementary kids are waking up every morning going holy crap the name of the school is Jeb Stewart they don't even 
know who he is. Of course, you could paint a different picture and say, hey, little Johnny, uh, the, here's a f- newsflash for you. Who cares about the name of the school? Get your butt out of bed and go learn about math and English and science. Instead, you as a parent are going, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't say, I'm so sorry, Johnny. You have to go to Jeb Stewart School. Do you know anything about Jeb Stewart? Johnny, let me tell you, he's a racist and you got to go there. Who's running this place? You parents, get a hold of yourself. Quit being snowflakes. Raise your kids to be more productive and have a spine. Meanwhile, Jason Kamras, who is the superintendent who makes $250,000 a year in the Richmond City Schools, he said it's about time to take this step. We have so many extraordinary people from our Richmond community who are worthy of this honor. He wants to name the school after a prominent black principal in the 19th century or, or Gilbert Hunt, a black a blacksmith in the 19th century. Really, can we get over the names? Let's just call it School A in Richmond. That way, no one's offended. Or you can get a life and don't even worry about it anymore. Your phone calls next, 454-1366, Lee Brothers 820, WNTW 97.7 FM. Representing the end of political correctness. It's the Lee Brothers on AMA 20, 97.7 FM, WNTW. Why is, uh, why is Virginia the only state in America where radar detectors are still illegal? The only state in America. Well, you got to be known for something, Virginia. We're the only state in America has the stupid signs at the border going, the radar detectors are illegal. The only state in America. I wonder if we, do we see something different than none of the other 49 states see? I mean, what is the deal with that? It's time that goes away. And as soon as it does, I'm getting one because quite frankly, there are plenty of opportunities where I've been um, ticketed unlawfully because I drive the speed limit. I know Richard Lee is rolling over laughing right now, but it's true. I'm a huge obeyer of the traffic laws. And when I get a ticket, it's just dead wrong. And if I had a, uh, a radar detector, then I would have known and I could have slowed out even more. It's just wrong. It's one of those things that's a travesty against the cause of freedom and liberty. I guarantee you Thomas Jefferson on his horse would have used a radar detector and been all for it, by the way. All four radar detectors. It's about time we evened out the government against the people. And but here's another thing. Speeding is arbitrary anyway. The whole idea of speed limits is a joke. I can't stand speed limits. There ought to be... And traffic lights. Both these things drive me crazy. And both of them do we don't need. We need hopping mad. Hey, we don't. We could have reckless driving laws, but speed limit. Have you seen the roads can handle a lot better, a lot higher speeds than they're posted? I mean, what's the point of going from 55 to 35 other than writing you a ticket? That's the point. All right, coming up, we've got to talk about um, this, this NBA coach female considering uh, uh, an NBA coach being a female. We'll talk about that. And the, the new uh, Washington Capitals have a dress code when they go to play hockey in Florida. I kid you not. There's certain things you can't wear for a Capitals fan in Florida. All that is dead ahead. 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Click on our name. Takes you right to the Real Dreamers, the Dennis Miller on Trump, and a U.S. foreign policy comparison. That's beautiful. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 97.7 FM.
isn't passed through the bloodstream, it's fought for daily. Fight alongside the Lee Brothers on WNTW AM820 97.7 FM, The Answer. Just after 5.30, in the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia, it's Friday in a drive home. You're listening to the Lee Brothers. My name is Scott Lee, my co-host, my friend and my brother, sitting to my left, sometimes my far left, is Richard Lee. Of course, he's in the hospital as we speak. He's been there for the last two to three days, and we covet your prayers on his return, which should be, actually, he's supposed to be out, I think, tomorrow. He called in the top of the hour. Sounded phenomenal. And uh, we have uh, hopes that Richard will be on the backside of this four-and-a-half-month uh, journey he's been on. So uh, I, we appreciate you uh, praying for Richard as he continues to struggle with this, and so does the whole, the whole family. All right, 454-1366, 454-1366. I love, I love sports, uh, specifically in Major League Baseball, huge baseball fan. Uh, you know, we watch this. My son and I watch this all the time, and, and we're just huge baseball fans in any sport, really. We're just, we, we enjoy it tremendously. One of the reasons we enjoy it is because we truly First of all, like competition in the sports, the aspect of a great athlete, but the escape, the escape from reality. Because quite honestly, I mean, when you're in the room at a sports place or Buffalo Wild Wings, you're not concerned about the politics of the guy beside you and you're pulling for a team. It's only when sports itself gets into politics that you're like, puke, please, is there anywhere I can go? Send me somewhere I can go where I can get escape from. And I love politics. I love the debate. I'm passionate about it. I love to talk about the things that matter and how our country can move forward. But there are times I don't want to talk about it. And then I see some, some ways these things pop up. Trying to do a radio show. You know, you're trying to talk about the things that impact politics. And, and here comes all the sports topics. The hockey Teams, Tampa Lightning is enforcing a dress code against the Washington Capitals fans. This is an interesting story. It's, uh, it's really unbelievable that a team would change its ticket policy for the upcoming Eastern Conference final games against the Washington Capitals. Tampa is going to host that game, and anyone with a Florida zip code, or with, I'm sorry, anyone without a Florida zip code is banned from buying tickets through Ticketmaster. You're banned, you can't buy them. Fans won't be allowed also to use caps uh, in the colors of the other team. No, you can't wear colors or the baseball cap of the other team. Here's how the website reads. Chase Club and Lexus Lounge ticket holders, please note, that all 2018 playoff games at our arena, only Tampa Bay Lightning-branded team apparel will be permitted in these clubs and the adjoining seats. Fans wearing visiting team-branded apparel will be asked to remove such apparel while on these areas. Can you imagine? I'm with the apparel police. Excuse me? Yeah, I work for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, and here's my badge. You're wearing the wrong clothes. Must be removed immediately. Orders by residents outside of Florida, if you've already bought tickets, will be canceled without notice and refunds given. That's phenomenal. Oh, I th you thought you were going to this game, didn't you? 
You thought not so much. You don't live in Florida. Now, in fairness, the Washington Capitals actually restricted second round ticket sales against the Penguins to just those in Washington, Maryland, Virginia. They, they did it too, but they never had a dress code. This is actually something brand new in the league is the dress code. So they moved to banned clothing at a hockey game of all places where I'm sure clothing is really not the focal point. I've been to a hockey game. It's nothing to do with clothing. It has to do with plenty of alcohol and hope the fight breaks out. Many have commented, hey, look, embrace the passion of the invading fans. Isn't that what it's about? I mean, you have both teams. You're in Florida. You've got an arena to fill. Now you're going to go through, restrict tickets, and you're going to restrict clothing. That seems kind of diametrically opposed to the idea of the playoffs. What, do you only want to play yourself? You want to have one team in the arena? Why don't you just kick out the other team out too and just have a big pep rally? for the Tampa Lightning. Come on. And then there's this. The NBA is considering the first woman coach. Becky Hammond will be the first woman to ever be interviewed for a head coaching position in the NBA. Now, Hammond is a decorated women's NBA star. She was inducted to the New York's Liberty Ring of Honor. She's San Antonio Stars, retired her jersey. She's been an assistant coach at the San Antonio Spurs. And she's apparently a big-time basketball fan. And she wants to be the coach of the men's NBA team. Many are thinking, well, what's wrong with that, Scott? Well, there are obviously a number of, of things that are wrong with this. One is she has no prior NBA playing experience. She has no prior meaningful head coach experience. She's less than five years assistant coaching experience, which is just the qualifications for the job. But then there's this other thing. She's a female. Oh, Scott Lee, you're a, you're a sexist. Is that it? Uh, no. No, actually, I'm not. But I think if you're going to have a men's team, they should be coached by a man, especially if you're going to be in the locker room with a bunch of men. Am I out to lunch on that? I mean, I used to think this was common sense. A men's team should be coached by a man who could go in the locker room and speak to his team. I didn't think it was sexist to think that. I didn't think it was outside the bounds to say, isn't it strange to have a female coach? But I guess I'm in the minority on this because this, everywhere I looked, everyone's calling this, it's, it's um, discriminatory not to have a female coach. Really? 454-1366, 454-1366. Don from Chesterfield, you're on with the Lee Brothers. Hey, how you doing? Good. I've got a comment about the name change on the highway. Yeah, so Alexandria, Virginia is considering changing the Route 1 from Jefferson Davis Highway. They don't like it. Apparently it's offensive. And one of the names was Richmond Highway? That, that's what they want to change it to, yes. Fairfax County uh, is currently uh, Richmond Highway. Yeah, are these snowflakes aware of the fact that Richmond was the capital of the Confederacy? You know what? Don't tell them. They're going to freak out on that one, Don. Oh, no! Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no! It's the capital. We can't call it Richmond. Yeah, so much for history. That's it. I'm sorry, Don. Go ahead. It's so 
understand what's going on, really. Well, you know, if you're going to be offended by the name of the highway, you've got bigger issues, quite honestly. And look, no one in Alexander, no one, I would challenge, Don, thanks for the call, 454-1366, no one is driving through Alexandria going, holy crap, this is a cri- this has got to change. I mean, I've been driving on this road for 25 years up here. It's got to change. It's hurting me. Here's a newsflash for the left. The things you think are so critical, nobody cares about. I'm serious. They're, they're out raising their kids to be more productive. They're working hard. They don't care about the name of Jeb Stewart School. Only you do. They don't care about the name of Jefferson Davis Highway. Only you do. So it becomes, get this, a personal issue. You have a personal problem. And it can't be changed with any amount of government money to change the name to something you like. I mean, what if it's a name I don't like? I mean, then you got a problem. You see how insane this is? It's like the entire world is upside down. We have the NBA wants to hire a female coach. World's upside down. We have hockey teams. Then the playoffs are worried about what you're wearing. We have people concerned about the name of a highway. We have people concerned about the name of the school. Meanwhile, Norfolk thinks Airbnb should be regulated because you can't take care of yourself. It's mass hysteria. <laughs> it's just crazy. <sighs> So I guess I'm the only one with the NBA coaching fear. This woman, Becky Hammond, I'm sure you're qualified. I'm absolutely positive. Go coach a women's team. Then you can go in the locker room and you can talk to your girls. I mean, why do you, Becky Hammond, want to get involved in the men's NBA? Why? I mean, isn't there a problem immediately with you going to the locker room? Am I, am I wrong on that? By being a woman NBA coach, Hammond is questioning the same structure preventing aspiring minority coaches. Really? So now you're going to compare yourself to black coaches who... Your gender is the problem here. You're a female. You're going to a male's locker room. Shouldn't be allowed. I'm old school. Call me crazy. 454-1366. 454-1366. Coming up, the Harry Potter ride is being accused of fat shaming. I kid you not. That is next. Lee Brothers 820 WNTW 97.7 FM. The Lee Brothers, showing off the First Amendment and using the second only when necessary. On AMA 20 97.7 FM, The Answer. Is that Harry Potter? It's perfect. Is it, is it a hashtag? I'm, I love this new terminology. I'm learning the whole tweet world. Both of the Lee brothers are. Hashtag the Lee brothers apparently is what you put at the end of everything and it shows up in the, in the feed there. And uh, Scott Lee at Scott Lee underscore bro. Would you follow me, please? I guess that how you do it. Follow me. Scott Lee underscore bro is my Twitter name as I begin to uh, learn this. And, and seriously, I just got the app on my phone like a couple months ago and I'm learning the whole, the whole Twitter world. They're telling me that's the new way of doing things, and uh, I'm trying to learn. The Harry Potter ride has fat-shamed a woman, a plus-size woman. I love how they word that. It's like perfectly, you know, plus-size. Well, how many pluses? What, I mean, what's, what size do you start, and then you start adding the pluses? I don't. Plus-size woman claims she visited the wizarding world of Harry Potter and was denied entry onto the Hogwarts ride because her size did not meet safety standards. Well, if it did, then they would, if it didn't, why, how could there be an objection to that? 
There's, I don't like it. I don't want to be safe. Stick my fat butt on that ride. And I mean, look, if it's not safe, it's not safe. I suppose if you got on a thing and you got hurt, then what would you say? Did you say what? They're going to stick you on there and say, look, this thing doesn't fit. You're too big. Sorry. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. <laughs> That's right. When Jana reached the front line, she and her friends allegedly made it all the way into the seats until one of the 20-something ride managers. That's that's funny because they're always like 20-somethings. They're always like these young kids that are just looking for Walked over and asked us all to step off because of a safety issue. Hmm. We were ushered through a door to what looked like the backstage area. They're getting all excited. Cool, we got backseat tickets to a ride. And then there was another 20-something employee that rattled off uh, something about safety and three clicks and have to try out the safety seat. That's when we all knew. <laughs> That's when we all knew that I hadn't actually made it onto Hogwarts ride. No, you haven't. There's a little concern here. She said her friends were subject to a test to see if the restraint covering the rider's chest could click down three times. Now, I understand, you know, when you get in one of these rides that, you know, go upside down or whatever, you take that harness and you pull it over your head, and it, and it clicks. You go click, 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 click. And depending on how, what's the word, fat you are, you, <laughs> you can click it down to where you're not going to fall out of the thing. And so apparently the Harry Potter ride at Universal Studios has a three-click minimum. So here's how she described it. She goes, I took the bullet for the team and pulled the restraint over my shoulders, pressing down as tightly as I could, my precious E-cups getting smashed in my chest and up around my neck. Now, that's not a helpful visual. I'm sure she could have described this some way differently. Anyway, one click, that's all I could manage. So I got out of the test seat and negotiated with my dear friends who uh, solidarity were able to walk away with me. I demanded that they go on the ride, and I waited for them at the end, watching several other people bigger than me with children in tow, walking away from Hogwarts, dejected. Now, it sounds like she took this fairly well, Mark. It sounds like she wasn't all bitter then. It just turns out later she has her own podcast, and don't we all? Everybody has a podcast now. Um, and she was upset that, uh, that she couldn't fit on the ride. She said the experience indeed fat-shamed her. And she feels that some of it stemmed from how Harry Potter series presents big characters. What? I don't even understand it. Upon further investigation, the books and movies have only a few big characters, and most of them are antagonistic, she writes. The fat lady painting is obnoxious and bossy. Is there a fat lady painting somewhere in the Harry Potter? I'm not familiar with Harry Potter, so I don't know, don't know about the fat lady. Um, but if there is a fat lady painting, why does she think there's fat shaming going on? Maybe they're trying to put the fat lady out so everyone can see the fat lady. Uh, <laughs> the Dursleys are lazy and entitled. I don't know what a Dursley is. Krabby and Goyle are both fat dunces who follow the orders of the vampire-looking Draco Marlful. Hogwarts absolutely condones this and does so in the general public. Sized, she goes on to say, that she felt like a victim of sized-based discrimination. I guess if you're looking to be offended by something, you can find it. If the ride doesn't fit you, you shouldn't be 
ashamed of that. It just doesn't fit you. You know, I fly in an airplane almost every week. I'm going somewhere, flying somewhere. And these seats are, are built for non-fat people. <laughs> Best way to put it. They are. And if your butt doesn't fit in the seat, it's not the airline's fault. Although they could make bigger seats, but they're trying to get as many people on the plane as possible. Is that fat shaming? Is that size-based discrimination? Which, by the way, is a truly made-up word. I mean, I've never heard size-based discrimination. But count on the professionally offended to find out that there's such a word. What? Size-based discrimination. She said that her community has been combating for years, her community. Now she's part of the fat-shaming community? When she got a community of fat people, she runs around and goes, Hey, look, uh, the Harry Potter ride is fat-shaming people. So she's taken this as a crusade. She claims discrimination is so insidious. <laughs> insidious. Now it's insidious. The ride is insidiously fat-shaming him. And it's made uh, her actually wish she were small enough to take Hogwarts ride. Well, it, it, it possibly did make you wish that you were small enough to take the ride. But the ride didn't fit you. It's not Hogwarts' problem. It's not... Universal Studios problem, and it's not Harry Potter's problem. It just is part of life. Some things just suck. You know, I'm six foot two. If I walked into a room that had a ceiling of five foot two, I'd be upset at that. It's called height shaming, I guess, to some degree. All right, your phone call's next. 454-1366. 454-1366. Lee Brothers, 820 WNTW and 97.7 FM. Want to help Richard prove Scott's wrong once and for all? Call the Lee Brothers at 454-1366. 454-1366. And that's a wrap. What kind of rap is it, Amanda Chase? Um, a rap for freedom. A ra- okay. Lee, Use, liberty. So obviously, <laughs> Richard has a food rap usually because he's like a food rap, like a, uh, like a steak a and cheese food. rap yeah. or yeah, something like that. Yeah, low-carb so, lettuce rap for me. It's a good try. Scram! Scram! <laughs> All right, check us out, 820theanswer.com, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers, takes you directly to our page. We archive our shows. You can click on our Twitter accounts, our Facebook accounts. Find out more about us there, 820theanswer.com. Click on the Lee Brothers. All right, coming up, cut to the chase with Senator Amanda Chase, who's sitting right across from you. Ready for the show? Got a good show planned? We have a great show. We actually have Trump surrogate. And, uh, yeah, if you've heard of Bishop Leon Benjamin, he is coming on, and he is going to tell us. He's the um, president of the United States. What's a surrogate? I don't know what that is. Surrogate, somebody that speaks (laughs) for Trump. Yeah. My friends, we did it. (laughs) We weren't just marking time. We made a difference. We made the city stronger. We made the city freer, and we left her in good hands. All in all, not bad. Not bad at all. And so, bye. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America.